Friday will be the most interesting day, I think, to see. I thought yesterday or today would be, but Friday will be the most interesting day to see if we can reach that compromise. Oh, they'll reach it. They'll reach it. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Do you care? I got the feeling that something right. I do. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 FM WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio, WGRN 94.1 FM, Palinville, New York's 102.9 FM WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950. We're also heard coast-to-coast and around the globe, streaming every single day of the week on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, Radio Sputnik, and other fine affiliates across this globe. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me... From bradblog.com, thank you for joining us. We are live in studio today in uh, sweltering North Hollywood or so, wherever we are here in the uh, KPFK Pacifica Radio uh, studios. Uh, so coming up, your calls, if you like, on the healthcare madness in Washington, D.C., as healthcare coverage for some 22 million Americans hangs in the balance still even after Republicans in the Senate pulled their health care bill yesterday they did so only for a moment I know a lot of people are celebrating uh, what happened yesterday in the Senate I recommend you do not I recommend those of you celebrating out there get back to work because this thing could be rewritten. This Republican bill in the U.S. Senate could be rewritten as soon as this Friday. More on that in a moment, but I will welcome your calls today on this if I can get to them. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-985. KPFK. Also joining us in a little bit, as uh, as ever on these days, uh, Desiree Doyen will be joining <laughs> us with the Green News Report. How are you, Des? Doing all right. It's hot. Yes, it is hot. It's hot all over the world, uh, actually. Heat waves going on uh, in a whole bunch of places, deadly heat waves that you cover in the upcoming Green News Report, which I will look forward to as ever. Uh, in the meantime, let me jump in here. Uh, President Donald Trump's policies and character have had a negative impact on how the rest of the world views the United States. 
Speaking of climate change and global warming, uh, that plays into this as well. According to a uh, Pew Research report that surveyed more than 40,000 residents from 37 nations around the globe, a median of just 22 percent of respondents said they have confidence in Trump's leadership. Twenty-two percent. According to the report that uh, gathered opinions from February of this year to May of this year, a similar survey conducted at the end of Barack Obama's presidency found that 64 percent of respondents from the same countries indicated they were confident in Obama's ability to make decisions. 64 percent for Obama, 22 percent for Donald Trump. That's the opinion around the world. The uh, the decline in approval of the U.S. president uh, in the U of the U.S. president was sharpest in Europe and in Asia and in Mexico and in Canada. Just two countries gave Trump a better score than they gave to Obama. That would be Russia and Israel. Interesting pairing there. The countries that indicated they had lost confidence in the U.S. also said their overall image of the United States had decreased down from 64 percent, saying they have a favorable view of America at the end of the Obama administration to just 49 percent currently. Well, so much for making America great again. At least in the eyes of the rest of the world, in any event, uh, that diminished view was on display in Germany today. Germany, the strongest uh, nation in Europe, one of the one of the U.S.'s uh, best allies. Well, at least they used to be. The U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross was cut off in mid-speech during a video feed to an event hosted by German Chancellor Angela Merkel's party underscoring how German patience with attacks on the country's trade surplus is now fraying. This, according to Bloomberg News, attendees at the Christian Democratic Union's business conference in Berlin laughed and clapped when organizers faded out Wilbur Ross, the U.S. Commerce Secretary, after about 20 minutes for overstepping his time limit. Merkel, who had been craning her neck on the podium to watch Ross speak on a screen behind her, then took to the floor uh, to close out the evening. Uh, uh, Werner Balsen, the head of the uh, CDU Economic Council, told the audience on Tuesday evening that that was U.S. Secretary of Commerce, who had promised us a 10-minute statement. As you saw, he spoke a bit slowly, so it took a bit longer. And now we look forward to the chancellor's speech. So they just... Turned him off in the middle. By the way, he was supposed to be there in person, but uh, decided not to come, this old doddering Wilbur Ross, and uh, gave this video address instead. His comments included more criticism of Germany's trade surplus with the U.S., which, uh, which Donald Trump has used repeatedly to pillory Europe's biggest economy. The, uh, the episode hints at growing tensions, Bloomberg says, over trade and challenges such as climate change in advance of the Group of 20 summit next week in Hamburg. Oh, that will go well. Beautiful Hamburg. I love that uh, city, by the way. Uh, in any event, that's where the G20 will be. Merkel will host Trump and his uh, peers. German officials said earlier that Ross had canceled that trip to Berlin uh, to address that meeting in person. So our relationships are now strained with Germany. Germany. One of our biggest uh, allies, one of our biggest trading partners in the world. Heck of a job 
President Trump. Keep up the good work. So uh, things are going great around the world, <laughs> uh, even with our allies. Uh, meanwhile, back here at home, things are going even better. Less than, uh, let's see here, uh, I already had that. Here we go. Um, yeah, brutal reviews. Less than four in 10 voters. Less than four in 10 voters approve of the Senate Republicans' health care bill, the Better Reconciliation Act, according to uh, several recent national polls. We talked about this on the show yesterday. Of course, the, the, uh, the, the House version of the Republican bill had very low numbers, but we hadn't yet had any polls in concerning the Senate version since that was released last week. Well, now we do. A USA Today Suffolk University poll conducted Saturday, last Saturday through Tuesday, found that just 12 percent of voters support the bill. Twelve percent. Forty five percent disapprove of it. Fifty three percent of those surveyed said Congress should leave the Affordable Care Act, the the Health Care Act, uh, also known as Obamacare, should leave it untouched or make changes to it while keeping the framework intact. Twelve percent. But listen, that is just one poll. It could be skewed. It could be fake. It could be a f- uh, fake news, as Donald Trump uh, might uh, describe it. So things were somewhat better for Republicans in the NPR PBS Marist poll. Uh, instead of 12 percent, that poll conducted from last Wednesday to this past Sunday found that just 17 percent of voters supported the GOP bill. 55 disapproved, 25 said they did not know enough about the proposal to formulate an opinion. So that's a little bit better, um, 17 percent as compared to 12 percent. Um, and and that's the number is not likely to get much better, by the way, once those Americans do learn what is in the proposal, the ones who say they don't know about it. I mentioned a poll yesterday from the Kaiser Family Foundation that found that some 38 percent of those polled have no idea that the uh, Republican scheme cuts Medicaid at all, much less by $800 billion over the next 10 years. That might be because Republicans and the Trump administration have frankly been lying, have simply been lying about that uh, fact to the public, claiming that it doesn't cut Medicaid, that nobody on Medicaid will lose coverage. That is just blatantly false. You may or may not be in favor uh, of this uh this legislation of this Republican health care law. But to say that it does not cut Medicaid is just plain false. Now, as I'm speaking to you, uh, you you know, maybe you want to say that NPR, PBS, USA Today, these are all lefty fake news uh, sites. Don't listen to them. Well, as I'm talking to you on my iPhone here, I get a Fox News alert. Fox News poll. 27% 27% favor the Senate GOP health care plan, but uh, most want Obamacare changes. So they want changes to Obamacare. I haven't had time to look into what that what those changes actually are, but still just 27%, even at Fox News, support this Republican bill. I'm still kind of surprised yeah. that it's 27%. I'm sure there's some massaging of the numbers going in there. They tend to do that at Fox News, where they'll include people who are leaning a certain way or not, with problems with something. Not my Fox News, Desi Doyen. <laughs> 
Uh, Better still, uh, let's look at the morning consult, the Politico poll. This was from Thursday to Saturday, finding that 38 percent of voters approved. So there you go. It's looking better for him there. 38 percent of voters approved of the Republican health care scheme to uh, take away health care from uh, more than 20 million people and to give huge tax cuts to the rich. 38% approve of that over at Morning Consult. 45, however, disapproved of that legislation. And twice as many voters, 30%, strongly disapproved of the bill. Uh, Twice as many uh, than that uh, strongly approved of it. All three of these polls, and here's the important part, all three of these polls were conducted before Republican leaders on Tuesday announced that they had delayed the vote on the bill in an effort to renegotiate the the terms and and to try to get uh, more support in the party. And both the NPR and Morning Consult polls were conducted before the release of the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office's report on Monday projecting that the bill would result in 22 million Americans losing their health insurance by 2026. So those lean numbers came in even before Americans understood that this legislation would cost 22 million their health care, 15 million alone next year in 2018, an election year which I suspect has gotten the attention of uh, Republicans in uh, in the Senate and the House. Uh, The only one of those three polls to track any data after the CBO analysis came out was the uh, USA Today Suffolk poll. Uh, That polled for one day afterwards uh, out of the four days of polling. And after the uh, CBO score came out, uh, again, that uh, that poll found just 12 percent of voters support that GOP uh, bill. According to the more uh, favorable morning consult poll, however, about twice as many voters believe the bill would make the country's health care system worse. So even the the, the 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 survey that worked out well for Republicans, even in that one, they find twice as many voters believe that it will make the health care system worse, that it will increase the number of Americans without health insurance, that it will increase health care costs for their families, and it will degrade the quality of care. Twice as many as those who believe that it would improve on those measures. And that was the encouraging pull for Republicans, at least if they give a damn about what voters think. And uh, evidence shows they may not. There is some good news for Republicans here, at least in that morning consult poll. The bill does have significant support still among Republican voters, at least according to that one poll. Uh, Among registered Republicans, about 60 percent support the bill. uh, Only uh, about 25 percent oppose it. But if you drill down into the NPR Marist poll a bit, the news is less good there for the GOP. Of those surveyed who identified as Republicans in the NPR Marist poll, Just 35 percent said they liked the plan. 21 percent said they opposed it. But independents are uh, not in favor of this. 68 percent of independent voters, at least those people who identify themselves as independent, are against the Republican uh, bill in the Senate. Uh, One more point here from these polls. Slightly less than half of all Americans, 46 percent, said they want to see changes made to the Affordable Care Act that would expand the law. Just 7 percent of those surveyed said they wanted Obamacare to do less 
which is, of course, the aim of Republican lawmakers, have it do less. So uh, that's what the, the brutal reviews that are coming in today from the, uh, for the U.S. Uh, Senate health care project by Republicans. Uh, and in the meantime, Donald Trump, who has been pushing it, has no idea what is actually in that health care plan or what it will or won't do, who it will and won't hurt. Uh, following uh, McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell being forced to pull the bill yesterday, at least for now, it's only pulled for now. After he pulled it and when it became clear that he couldn't come up with the 50 votes, all he needs is 50 votes in his own caucus to move it forward. Uh, after that, Donald Trump decided to, to finally weigh in on the matter. He invited the uh, Republican Senate caucus over to the White House for what was largely a pep rally of sorts. The New York Times ran a piece afterwards last night that the president did not like at all. It was headlined, on, quote, on Senate health bill, Trump falters in the closer's role. Remember, he was supposed to be the closer. He was the, the great deal maker. Well, New York Times says he's faltering. Donald Trump did not care for that one bet. And no wonder when you read the story here uh, by uh, Glenn Thrush and Jonathan Martin, uh, for example, just just by way of a couple of examples here, uh, New York Times, when asked by reporters clustered on the blacktop outside the West Wing if Mr. Trump had command of the details of the negotiations, Mitch McConnell ignored the question and smiled blandly. Even he wouldn't uh, come to the rescue of Trump. They say over the past few weeks, the Senate Republican leadership has made it known that it would much rather negotiate with Mr. Pence, the vice president, than a president whose candidacy many did not even take seriously during the primaries. And some of the White House efforts have clearly been counterproductive. Over the weekend, for example, McConnell made clear his unhappiness to the White House after a super PAC aligned with Donald Trump started an ad campaign against Republican Senator Dean Heller of Nevada after he said that he had opposed the health care bill. The majority leader, uh, McConnell, who has already been none too happy about Trump's tweets goading him to change Senate rules to kill the uh, to kill the filibuster, Called the and by the way that wouldn't even that wouldn't help here. All they need is 50 votes. They don't need to kill the filibuster to pass this. They still can't pass it. Anyway, McConnell called Priebus, the White House chief of staff, Reince Priebus, to complain that the attacks were quote beyond stupid. That according to two different Republicans with knowledge of the exchange. Uh, so uh, things are tense between McConnell and the White House. But here's the part that uh, Donald Trump almost certainly liked the least about this uh, New York Times report. Because uh, folks have been mercilessly citing this uh, paragraph to show how out of touch Donald Trump is with his own policies, his own policies that he favors. Here's the paragraph. Uh, a senator who supports the bill left the meeting at the White House yesterday with the sense that the president did not have a grasp of some basic elements of the Senate plan and seemed especially confused when a moderate Republican complained that opponents of the bill would cast it as a massive tax break for the wealthy. Trump responded that he planned to tackle tax reform later, ignoring 
the healthcare repeal bill's tax implications of up to $800 billion, just huge tax breaks uh, for a handful, a tiny, we had a guest on um, a few days ago, I've lost track now, uh, who pointed out that we were talking about some 400 Americans will receive some $2.3 billion in tax cuts from this supposed health care bill. And apparently Donald Trump doesn't even know that. He doesn't even seem to have any idea that that is baked into this bill. Replying uh, to that to New York Times article uh, Trump tweeted today, some of the fake news media likes to say that I am not totally engaged in health care. Wrong. I know the subject well and want victory for the U.S. Victory for the U.S.? Uh, uh, it's a health care bill. Victory? All right. Anyway, lest you get too excited about all of this uh, and the fact that the Republicans are having so much trouble, as we warned yesterday, um, pulling the, the bill from a vote yesterday in the Senate was just a pause. It was only a short pause. Uh, remember, we saw something like this happen very similar in the in the House a month or two ago when they couldn't pass the bill. They had to pull it. They were embarrassed. They never got it uh, done on the schedule, they said. But then they went on to pass it a few weeks later. Once folks once the protests around the country had died down, once protesters thought they were in the clear, you are not in the clear. At least if you give a damn about health care in this country. Despite calls from Republican senators like uh, Susan Collins of Maine, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, that tinkering won't be enough to get them to support that GOP Obama repeal bill. Senator John Thune, who's part of the Republican leadership, I think he's though, is he the whip in the Senate? I'm not sure. He's second or third in the Senate, uh, said there is just a few little issues to get the votes that Republicans need. He says we're going to take the bill we have. And try to, he says that there are always little things, dials you can twist to try to attract support, he said on Wednesday on, uh, on of course, Fox and Friends. It's a function of just trying to figure out that sweet spot, where we can get the 50 votes you need to pass it. And, of course, the assistance of Mike Pence, the vice president, uh, he says we will get there. So what's the plan? The plan is to buy them off. Yesterday on the broadcast, we talked about the so-called Cornhusker kickback as Republicans used to uh, call the deal uh, that was given to uh, Senator Ben Nelson, Democratic Senator Ben Nelson of Nebraska back in 2009, some extra Medicaid funding to get his vote for the Affordable Care Act for Obamacare back in 2009. We talked about it yesterday and how the GOP pretended to be furious about these side deals, these payoffs, these bribes as they saw them. Well, we also discussed yesterday Maine's so-called moderate Republican Senator Susan Collins and her announcement that she couldn't vote for this uh, for the uh, Better Reconciliation, Better Care Reconciliation Act because it cuts Medicaid and that that would harm Maine's already struggling hospitals. I, I'd urge you to listen to yesterday's show. I don't have time to play a, a clip, I don't think, maybe later Um but uh, listen to yesterday's show. You can go to bradblog.com to download it. My fascinating interview with these two long, longtime health care reform analysts, Alan Dobson and Randy Hout, about how cuts to Medicaid will harm hospitals for everyone. 
but particularly in rural areas, many of which went to Trump. But not is everyone. I don't mean just people on Medicaid. I mean, it will harm hospitals everywhere. Everywhere that they've, you know, uh, been able to upgrade facilities since the expansion of Medicaid and they got a lot of that money uh, in, that money all goes away. And all the Medicaid patients go away. And that means uh, the ability for many of these hospitals to even stay in business could potentially go away. So even if you think, you know, Medicaid is just, uh, uh, you know, medical care for poor people, Cutting all of those people off of Medicaid is likely to affect your service as well. But the but the solution uh, to her concerns, to um, Susan Collins' concerns, well, the, the Republican Party now has, according to the CBO, they've got now some $200 billion in this legislation that they can play with and still be able to pass it under the reconciliation rules if they choose. $200 billion. Cornhusker kickback? Uh, wait for the Bangor bribe to win over Susan Collins. Mitch McConnell can just start paying people off, and I suspect he will, and I suspect we're going to see this by Friday because this is all moving forward very quickly. Republicans are still hoping to reach a deal amongst themselves by Friday of this week before they leave for the, uh, for the July 4th recess. This, uh, you know, Senator, by way of example here, Senator Ron Johnson, he was one of those folks on uh, on Tuesday who said that uh, he was a no on the uh, on the health care vote for now as written. But then he uh, he showed up today on uh, on MSNBC on Morning Joe and he says, well, he never outright opposed the Senate bill to repeal it. He just wanted more time. He said, I never said I was a no on this bill. I was very hard no in terms of taking a vote this week. That was absurd, he said, because we didn't have the information and now we're starting to get some information. So now he'll get a little something that he, uh, you know, that will help him vote for it up there in Wisconsin. Don't you worry. Am I being too cynical? I don't know. Maybe. Give me a call. Let me know. 818-985-5735-818. 9855735 I believe this bill is going to pass in the US Senate in some form or another and I believe it is going to be devastating to those of you who give a damn about health care in this country um 818-985-5735. Uh, let me hit uh, one or two more points we'll get to a break and then we'll get some of your calls here uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito West Virginia, she was one of these Republican, uh, you know, folks, so-called moderates uh, who had announced her opposition to the uh, to the Senate repeal bill yesterday, although she only did it after, by the way, after very courageous of her after Mitch McConnell announced she was pulling the bill. Then uh, Capito said, yeah, I'm against it. For now, as is, as written. She was on uh, CNN this morning with Chris Cuomo, who asked her if uh, if her concerns with the bill uh, would be addressed if uh, if leaders offered her a special carve out because she was concerned about opioid treatment in her state in West Virginia, which is uh, being, you know, which is struck hard by the opioid addiction epidemic. And she said, no, that wouldn't be enough. Because what happens if you just flood the money into treatment centers and we welcome that, she says, we're asking for 45 billion more for opioid treatment. So that's one of the things she's asking for. She says, but you have to have the coverage that goes along with it. You're not going to get access to the treatment without the coverage. 
And she's right. She's right on that point. She says whether it's through the exchanges or whether it's Medicaid, you have to be able to have that coverage so that you can access the treatment that the extra dollars are going to be uh, uh, put in to provide. To me, she says, uh, that goes hand in hand. All right, well, that sounds good. But if you pay close attention there to what she's saying, uh, and I've got to rely here on uh, TPM's coverage. We were not able, for some reason, to find that audio today. We wanted to to, to actually play you that audio. We couldn't get at it today. So, uh, But in in any event, it sounds good. But if you pay very close attention, she says you have to have coverage via Medicaid or the exchanges. All right. Cynically, and there is every reason to be a cynic, in my opinion, at this point, that sounds like to me like, hey, if we kill the expanded Medicaid program that was part of uh, Obamacare, that's fine. As long as folks can still buy coverage on the exchanges, we'll be okay. So am I being too cynical here? You know, people, many people, millions of Americans, 11 million were, uh, were, were added to the health care rolls via the Medicaid expansion. Many of those people cannot afford to buy coverage on the exchanges. So uh, feel free to let me know if you think I'm wrong or if you think I'm right. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Earlier on the same show, Capito told Cuomo that she would support a rollback of the uh, Medicaid expansion. And that's exactly my point. These guys will cave. These Republicans will cave. Uh, she said she would support doing away with the Medicaid expansion, but that it's got to be uh, it can't be too abrupt. She said if there's a, a transaction, it has to be seamless. In my view, the Senate bill was too much off a cliff. So we're working to to close that gap to make sure that I'm satisfied, she said. So they won't drop you off a cliff. They'll do it over time. Don't drop them off a cliff. Just roll them down a long hill to nowhere instead. She'd beef just fine with that, apparently. Otherwise, she says, uh, do we have this uh, clip number 4G here? This is, uh, you know, she says otherwise, uh, she thinks this could very well happen uh, by Friday of this week. Here you go. I think we're absolutely dedicated to fixing. And so I think that we'll have to see how this particular bill, where we can reach a compromise, if we can reach a compromise on Friday. Uh, But I think it doesn't close the door uh, in the end. If for some reason it fails, I think we we then uh, the floodgates would probably open to reach a a, a bipartisan compromise. Uh, And and so I I think really um, Friday will be the most interesting day, I think, to see. I thought yesterday or today would be, but Friday will be the most interesting day to see if we can reach that compromise. I'm working hard at it. And we want to make sure it works for a lot of people and not just certain segments. Right. So that's all happening by Friday. By the way, if you want to call your U.S. senators, you can do so at 202-224-3121 to give them your opinion on health care. As to her point that, uh, oh, if they don't get it settled by this Friday, there will be some sort of chance for a bipartisan compromise somehow with Democrats. Really? I would suggest that's impossible. Uh, frankly, uh, and not because uh, Democrats are uh, you know, not willing to compromise. They compromise from the start with the Affordable Care Act in the first place. But they want to expand the numbers of those who are covered, whereas every single Republican bill to date has decreased the number of people who would be covered by more than 20 million people every single time by the CEO. 
uh, 22 million most recently. Josh Marshall's uh, analogy last night, I think, is apt here. He said, pretending that both parties just have different approaches to solving the, the same problem is really a lie. He said, if you had an old building and one group wanted to refurbish and preserve it and the other wanted to tear it down, it wouldn't surprise you that the two groups couldn't work together on a solution. It's an either or. You're trying to do two fundamentally opposite things that are diametrically opposed. He says there's no basis for cooperation or compromise because the fundamental goal is different. This entire healthcare debate has essentially been the same. Only the coverage has rarely cap, uh, captured that and suggested, you know, that, oh, this, this, why can't the parties just get along? Because one side wants one thing and the other side wants the opposite. That's why. Marshall goes on to say that that's a big failure of the media, and it also explains why people get confused and even uh, and even fed up here. Okay, one more one more point. There, well, you know what? I'll, I'll hold this till we get back. Let me take a quick break, and we'll come back with your calls. I could go on and on and about this all day. This matters. This matters. So you know, will the GOP get a deal in the Senate? You know, will they be willing to to do whatever it takes to get there, no matter how many people it hurts? And by the way, what should the Democrats be doing right about now? Should they be working? Should they be compromising somehow with Republicans? Give me a call. 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. Uh, your calls and another thought or two, plus Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. All of that is straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. Real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media, you know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump, must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Well, I won't back down. Nope. Yep, here I am standing up at the gates of hell once again. Brad Friedman of bradblog.com on your Bradcast, taking your calls at 818-985-5735. There is a reason why Republicans' uh, so-called health care plans won't ever actually work. Uh, to do the things at least that they pretend to care about. This, I wanted to get in this point before the break. Let me do it now. Uh, offering better coverage at lower premium rates as they pretend they care about, that can never work. Uh, one of the reasons is because the whole idea uh, 
uh, goes against the free market principles that Republicans pretend to believe in. So if you're a free marketeer, you believe the government actually has no business meddling in what they see as a private health care marketplace. They see it as nothing more than a commodity. So promising to lower premiums, uh, you know, under Obamacare, they keep saying premiums are skyrocketing. They're not going to lower premiums. Or at least if they do, they'll take away services. In any event, it means they must in some way, you know, have to manipulate the markets in order to do so, which they pretend that they are also against. So how is it the Republicans who say they believe in the free market also say they want to lower premiums? Well, in truth, because they don't really believe in either of those things. They say it to get elected, period. Once they're elected, as you see, they have no idea how to govern. They have no idea what to do or how to do it. But here's a tip for them. If they think about it this way, maybe it'll help, though I doubt it. Healthcare is a national security issue, or at least it should be. It's the most central, most basic national security issue. A new study found that some 20,000 Americans will die each year if, uh, if their coverage is lost via this Republican uh, scheme to reform the Affordable Care Act. That's about 200 or 250,000 in the next 10 years. So the GOP pretends they care about national security, like they pretend they care about free markets and lower premiums. Well, they don't care. They don't care about any of those things, and they don't care about national security other than boosting arms uh, industry sales and so forth. If they're actually interested in protecting the lives of Americans, well, their bad faith dealing on health care proves that they don't give a damn about that. They don't give a damn about actually protecting the lives of, Amer of the American people, or they wouldn't be putting forward these kind of uh, health care bills. And in, 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 in truth, they don't give a damn about them, only about getting elected, staying in power, and helping the folks that, uh, that helped get them there. Let me go to... Uh, oh, yeah, Des, you got a thought? Oh, I just quick? had a really quick uh, historical note that one thing I had not realized, but I had learned, was that back in the 1960s, when uh, John F. Kennedy first issued this call for something that would help younger people in poverty, it was because they did not have enough army recruits for mm -hmm. the Vietnam War who were ready to go into training. Half the recruits were uh, had problems physically and mentally, and they said, this is a reason, this is a national security issue. It is that, yeah, it is for that reason and for the reason that, frankly, Americans will die. If ISIS attacked and killed 20,000 people a year, do you think the Republicans would give a damn? Skip in Santa, Fring, uh, Santa Fe Springs. Welcome to the broadcast, Skip. Hey, Brad. Hey. First of all, I want to make mention that the fact that none of those uh, congressmen that make these laws are subject to those laws. And their retirement program, they only have to serve one term, regardless of age, and they get full retirement. Secondly, I'd like to know the percentages of those people that voted for that particular lame health care program actually would benefit be benefactors of that. I don't think there's one person that voted for that would actually be subject to having it. Well, actually, uh, in the Affordable Care Act, they are supposed to they, they're supposed to buy their uh, uh, health care on the uh, on the exchanges under the Affordable Care Act. The Republicans had put this in. They thought it would be a poison pill when they originally uh, passed the bill. Back in 2009, uh, and the Democrats said, oh, OK, that's fine by us. And so actually they do have to uh, buy their uh, health care under the exchanges. But 
unlike you, they get a whole, or unlike you know me, they get a whole bunch of money uh, from their employer to uh, to buy those uh, to buy those bills, exactly. to buy those policies. And yep. They're, and they're getting the five star policy too. I mean, yep. they they get the best policy money can buy. Yep. Thanks, Skip. Yeah. I, and and they're going to be able to afford to continue doing that no matter what, no matter how many how many uh, uh, people are knocked off the rolls by their uh, by their bill. Let me go to uh, Dave in uh, in Julian. Hey, Dave, welcome to the broadcast. It's good to be here. I really enjoy your broadcast. Thank you, sir. I I don't always agree with you, but I, I'm like I'm not Republican or Democrat. Yep. The only guy I had any use for was Sanders. You know. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. What's on your mind, Dave? Well, okay. Um, First off, I think we should find out what his tax reforms are going to be before we start, you know, judging him. I don't like the guy, okay? I didn't vote for him. We we know what his tax reforms are going to be, Dave. Uh, There's some $800 We know that that if you make a million or more per year in this country, you— will get 50,000 uh, uh, an average of 50,000 more dollars back. You'll get a cut of $50,000 and that will be retroactive going to 2016. We know what those tax cuts are. They're going to benefit millionaires and billionaires even while they take health coverage from you and me, Dave. Okay. I uh you know, I'm on Medicaid, okay? I'm yep. blind, so I've got Medicare and Medi-Cal. Yeah. So I'm I'm not taking either side. I'm getting tired of all the heat and not enough light. Mm-hmm. This is the first light I've heard all day. You know. Well, thank you, Dave. I'm I'm trying to 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 give light here, and we've been trying to, like I say, go. If you're on Medicaid, go download that uh, show at bradblog.com from yesterday. I don't yesterday. have a computer, sir. Okay. Some of us don't. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Well, then I'll keep I'll keep talking even louder, Dave. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I, that's yeah. why I like to call on the telephone, like real people. You know. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Always, uh, always good to hear from you, Dave. Can and I say one other thing. Sure, go ahead. Okay, please. Uh, I'm I have talked to small business owners and stuff, and when Obamacare came in, I was all for it, and I've had breaks for it. But these people's insurance tripled. The cost of their insurance tripled. I don't care how rich you are, that ain't right. You it, know? it 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 didn't. It didn't. Uh, the the cost of medical care has had the slowest rise, uh, I think, in its history. But certainly going back to World War II under Obamacare. And for those people who are on the exchanges, who got premiums and so forth. And by the way, I'm not arguing in favor of Obamacare. I'm not saying this is the bill we should have. But it did put some 20 or 30 million people, did give some 20 or 30 million people access to coverage that did not have it previously. And I don't care if you change it unless you're going to take away coverage for those people. But in any event, uh, where premiums did go up, and it has gone up slower under Obamacare than it had previous, but where it has gone up, if you're on the Obamacare exchange, that's covered. It hasn't gone up for you because it's still co- uh, you, you still get the premium uh, uh, support payments to cover that, uh, th- yeah. that increase. So just be very careful about the fa- folks who are telling you they're giving you facts. Sometimes they're not. Well, okay. Okay. I, I thank you. I thank you, Dave. I appreciate the call. And uh, always happy for, you know, people to call me out when I get it wrong. But uh, 
I look up these things. I look up these facts. I follow them very closely. This is not a matter of, uh, oh, you agree with Republicans or you agree with Democrats. I don't give a damn about either of them. This is not, to me, uh, the issues I cover are not about parties. They're about people. Let me go to uh, Mark in Sherman Oaks. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, our number, 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. What's up, Mark? Yes, Brad, I'm really curious why nobody on either side of the parties is talking about the real problem. And coming from Europe, I have a different perspective. Is First, then it's a system for profit. Therefore, it will never work because health care, health, health problem is not something you choose. You'd rather not be sick. All right? So a system that works for profit answers to shareholders most of the time. And second is the cost of the care. I can give you an example. Someone in France having a little knee surgery, you know, with laser. Mm-hmm. Someone here having about the same at three months interval. In France, 800 euros, about $1,000. Here, $38,000. Mm-hmm. That's because you're absolutely right, Mark. The 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 pro- well, first, uh, that's the fakest French accent I've ever heard, Mark. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> secondly, yes, it's the profit motive that is baked into the cake of the uh, of the American healthcare system because we have all of these private insurers. You're absolutely right, Mark. Yes, there is no. It's unsolvable being Obamacare Trump unless it's not for profit anymore. There you go. Well, that brings us back to single payer, Medicare for all. I'm all in favor of it. Hey, thanks, Mark. I really do appreciate it, uh, it even with that uh, totally fake accent. All right, one more here before uh, I got to get to the break in the Green News Report, so it'll have to be fast. Hey, Bonnie, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Hi, Bonnie. First time I've ever, first time I've listened to you, and um, it's, I'm, <laughs> it's really great. So my question is real quick, is this if this legislation does pass, and I, got, I hope it doesn't, in three years, if we can get Democrats into the office, can we replace and repeal Trump care? <laughs> Theoretically, you'd have to be able to pass it through the House and the Senate, and you'd have to have a, a, a Democratic president who was willing to sign it. So, yeah, you can you can pass anything. You can change anything. But as you know, if you look back to 2009, and how hard, you know, it took them a year to get the Affordable Care Act passed. And hell, if you look all the way back to, I don't know, World War II uh, and how hard it has been to get any kind of national health care program at all, it is not easy. So, yes, it can be reversed, uh, but it is not easy, Bonnie. Well, it doesn't seem to be easy to pass it either. So wouldn't that wouldn't that be an option? I mean, what else can we do if this passes? Yeah, I know. If it does pass, if it doesn't pass, Trump is going to murder Obamacare in other ways anyway. So, you know, what what do we? I'm I'm thankful that I'm on Medicare, and God knows what they're going to do with that one. But um, yeah, that's uh... it, doesn't, it. It doesn't affect me personally, but I can't stand what's happening in this country. It just it's driving me crazy. 
Anyway, I, that's all I have to say. I, I hear you, Bonnie. Uh, by the way, uh, Social Security and Medicare is next after Medicaid. So uh, don't yeah. don't rest on your laurels. Call your senators. Let them know how you feel. Call your Congress members. Let them know how you feel. Uh, this, this, uh, this is not going to save itself. It's going to be up to you. Bonnie, i got to get to a break. I really appreciate right, your thank call. You. Thank you. Okay, you bet. Uh, we may have uh, some, call, uh, some time for calls on the other side of the break, but i got to get to it or we'll never get to the Green News Report, and Desi Doyen will kill me. And I'll really need some Obamacare then. Uh, all right, don't go away. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Oh, like we don't have enough problems. Here comes Desi Doyen. Yes, I have. Uh, uh, as the world is melting. Um, and if you're on the line, hang on. I'm going to try to get to a couple more calls if I can really quickly. But to do that, I think i got to get right to it. Our latest Green News report. We're getting reports of over 100 uh, vehicles which have been completely incinerated. Nearly 160 people killed in fuel truck explosion in Pakistan. Wildfire evacuations in Spain. Sea level rise accelerating faster than predicted. Plus, hundreds of American mayors pledged to move their cities to renewable energy in 20 years. All of those pledges and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Boy, it was real beach weather in Phoenix the other day. It was 122. Planes could not take off. Hey, climate deniers, if melting ice caps and rising oceans and pandemics aren't enough to scare you, not being able to leave Phoenix, that should. (laughs) That'll do it. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I shouldn't have said that about Phoenix. Well, actually, I didn't say it. Bill Maher did. Uh, I apologize on behalf of Bill Maher. Phoenix is a wonderful place. Yes, it is. And it's hot. But it's hot. And it's record hot. 120 degrees. uh, Kind of amazing. And summer is only just beginning. Yes, and it is beginning and bringing heat waves everywhere. A wildfire now threatens a wildlife preserve in Spain amid a record extreme heat wave in Europe. Just days after a massive wildfire killed 63 people in Portugal, next door in Spain, at least 2,000 residents, tourists, and campers have been evacuated from Spain's Doñana National Park due to a fast-moving wildfire driven by high winds and that extreme heat wave. The good news is 15 extremely endangered Iberian lynx were rescued from a crucial captive breeding center located in the park before it was destroyed by the fire. At least 157 people were killed and more than 100 seriously injured in a horrific fire after an oil tank 
tanker truck overturned and then exploded in a poor rural region in eastern Pakistan. Mm. Fuel is scarce and extremely expensive there, so despite the danger, hundreds of villagers had rushed in to scoop up some of the oil from the estimated 5,000-gallon oil spill. Reports indicate that the conflagration may have been ignited by a lit cigarette or a cell phone spark at the scene. Mm. The cause of the fire and the crash are under investigation. Here in the U.S., the Trump administration recently announced that it will grant permits to allow the oil industry to conduct underwater seismic testing for oil and gas deposits in the Atlantic Ocean using underwater sound cannons. Sound cannons are already confirmed to harm large marine mammals like whales and dolphins, but in a first-of-its-kind study on the impact of sound waves on plankton, the tiny marine microorganisms, researchers said they were shocked to find that the sound blasters killed large swaths of plankton as far as a mile away. And what happens if we kill large swaths of plankton? Well, plankton are the base of the ocean food chain which feeds the commercial fishing industry. And plankton also happens to generate nearly half of the oxygen we breathe in the atmosphere. Yeah, well, you can't monetize oxygen. Oil, on the other hand... Sea level rise is accelerating because of global warming, which we already knew. But the rate that it is accelerating is itself accelerating, and it's doing it sooner than expected. That is new. UN scientists had already predicted the rate of sea level rise would speed up around mid-century, but now an international team of research says that that time may have already arrived. The culprit is Greenland, where ice is melting into the ocean five times faster now than in the 1990s. Different studies are reaching slightly different rates, but all of these sea level rise studies indicate coastal cities have much less time to prepare than previously thought. Well, now, I've already apologized to Phoenix. I think you owe an apology to Greenland. They're not the culprit. They're really the victim. Are they not? That's true. Global warming is the culprit. You're welcome. But not great news. Coal production is up slightly in 2017, despite dropping by the largest percentage on record just last year. That's according to a new analysis by the Associated Press, which finds that the world's biggest coal users, China, India, and the United States, produced 6% more coal in 2017. Industry experts say that increase is due primarily to changes in policy in China and India, but... They said it doesn't change their long-term negative outlook for coal. But finally, some good news. Hundreds of mayors gathered at the U.S. Conference of Mayors in Miami on Monday passed a resolution supporting the goal of moving their cities to 100 percent clean renewable energy by 2035, less than 20 years, declaring that if the federal government won't act on climate change, they will keep moving on climate action. And as of right now, no, the federal government will not move on climate change. It is up to the states and the cities and the mayors and the people to get this job done. Thank you Uh, for much more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to. Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn or iTunes. Find us, follow us and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. People, people, everybody, people, everybody making sound. People, people, everybody, people, everybody standing their ground. Yep, it's up to the people to stand their ground here. All right, let me. Do I have time for? Uh, yeah, let me start to get one more, one or two more here very quickly. You'll have to be when we go to you here. Uh, Jan in Lake Balboa. Hey, Jan, welcome to the broadcast. 
Sunday. There's an impeach uh, <laughs> rally Sunday. Impeach who? Impeach Trumpy. Oh, okay. Impeach Trump. <laughs> oh. Uh, Sunday. Okay. Nine to three, Pershing Square. It's supposed to be national and worldwide. You said, it's okay, so that's in that's in downtown L.A., you said, in Pershing Square on Sunday? Right. And right. Sunday. And, Sunday. And marches worldwide uh, for the same thing on Sunday. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jan. Good luck with that. See if you can uh, get the Democrats to uh, start having a spine in that regard. Much appreciated, right. Jan. Yep. Uh, that's who it's for. That's, you got to rally the Democrats at this point to do the right thing. Uh, Hey, oh, here he is. Our our old good friend, uh, Morris from Long Beach. Hey, Mo, how are you, sir? Hey, fantastic, man. Listen, I just spoke with the Secretary of State, 916-653-6814. In 2014, they wanted $2,609 to be a candidate, uh, your application fee to be a candidate for Secretary of State. (laughs) So when it comes time for the office, no, no, Brad, the people are picking you. Okay, you're running. We're going to have whatever we got to do to raise the $2,609. You've got to be a candidate for the Secretary of State. And all all you got to do is show up in a suit and tie. And refer people to your website. That's all you got to do, Brad, and the people will take it from there. Well, you so know what? That, right, Morris, right there, uh, wearing the suit and tie, that, that takes me out. I can't do it. I can't put on you a gotta tie. Put, Brad, I, you got to put on a suit I, and tie. For, for, the peop- I, for the people, Brad. Brad, I, for the people. For the people? All right. That would be, of course, the California Secretary of State, for those of us who, uh, for those who are listening is, out of Secretary. All right. Uh, you, you keep working on that plan, Morris. As okay, I, I think I said last much. time we talked, uh, like I don't have enough problems. I appreciate, I appreciate the call, Morris. You're awesome. Uh, Frank and Cerritos couldn't hold, uh, but he said Senate Democrats should do whatever they can to stop Republicans from turning Obamacare into abominable care. Um, I think well said, Frank. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, all of those, uh, all of you who called in today, greatly appreciated. Always appreciate the calls from listeners. Thank you so much. My thanks also to our producer, Desi Doyen, um, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, You can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Tons of shows, fascinating interviews and news uh, at bradblog.com. You can also drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. Thanks to our engineer, G, today. She is, as always, appreciated. And until we meet again, which will be tomorrow... Tune in then. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.